Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Good day, one and all. I'm Bill Michaels. Grant Bill's producing. Grant, you've been kind of quiet. Anything that's uh, that, that's sinking on you right now? Well, you guys have been cooking between you and Ryan Wood and Eric Branchak. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to complain. I'm, I'm kind of putting some notes together for my show tonight. I'm going to complain about a lot on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to complain much about Jordan Love. I think he's been fine. I think Jordan Love has got to be really frustrated that, like, he can't really trust his wide receivers to be in the right spots. He delivered some nice balls yesterday that were dropped. His offensive, the offensive line is a penalty machine, Bill. Um, I, I think of of all the things that I'm frustrated about and that I'm going to complain about on my show tonight. I, I think Jordan Love is at the bottom of the list. Not to say that Jordan Love has been awesome, but I don't think the expectation was that he'd be awesome this year, right? It was that he Would- was fine. Would you say he's been below average, average, or above average? I'd say average. Average. He makes some throws that are above average where you go, wow, that's really nice. Look at him right. off platform, on the run. And then he makes some throws that stink. But that's, you know, that's that's what reality is when your quarterback isn't Aaron Rodgers, when you have, you know, right. the, the 15th to 20th best quarterback in the league, let's say. What would you take first in the draft? A big anchor left tackle, or would you take a quarterback? This is what's frustrating, and this is what Eric Eager told us a couple weeks ago. It's like what you need to avoid is getting to the end of the year and not knowing what Jordan Love is. If the Packers are picking top three and they have an opportunity to get one of the the top quarterback prospects in a really good quarterback draft, I think you have to do it. Even if you like Jordan Love because you you reset the contract, Bill. You go all the way back to year one, and you have a couple of years now where the guy, you don't have to pay him. That's not the case with Jordan Love. I think if you have an opportunity to draft – Drake May, Caleb Williams, or, or or maybe the next quarterback that you really love. I think you got to do it. Um, or let's just say you're bad enough to be high enough in the draft board. Would you go after Mar- Marvin uh, Harrison Jr.? I would, but we have like 30 years of precedent here. And a lot of Brian Gutekind's precedent the last couple of years that would tell me that they they will not take a wide receiver that high. You know what I mean? I would. Well, what what they should and what they will do can be two different things. But what they should do, if you were the general manager, would you, you know, if you've got that talent sitting there in front of you. Now, part of me says just take best available and fill it in. But do you go left tackle, which is not a glamour position, but it is a need. Would you go left tackle? Would you go wide receiver with Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or would you kind of look up and down and see which quarterback would fill the bill? I would start with quarterback. And and again, we might know a lot more. It, it, two months from now, right. if these wide receivers and Jordan Love just get a little traction, we might really see it with Love. And we're like, okay, we can we can do something with this guy. We don't have to be in the quarterback market. But if they're so bad as to they're in a position to take Caleb Williams or Drake May, I, I, you got to take them, I think. Jordan Love basically yeah. has the rest of this year to prove that the Packers should not draft his replacement. Right? Right. That's a reasonable way to look at it. I... um. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, people are making the argument, do you take Harrison Jr. if you've got still love at quarterback and love's not a good quarterback? I mean, I agree with that. Uh, to me, I, I guess you want if there's somebody that's going to make sense, you jump up and get him if you have to, if you got to move up. But I don't put all my eggs in a quarterback basket. I keep my mind way open and whatever the best available. And I know that's not glamorous to say, but the best available because you need a legit wide receiver. You need one or two, and I don't have a problem going in that direction. Um, but you also need offensive line help. 
And maybe because of what could be available in the open market, you're going to have money to spend. We all know that. But, man, I, I <laughs> Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. is just a playmaker. And what we see out of the guys they've drafted is uh, they're, they're like a slot receiver of Jaden Reed or their projects with a lot of talent. I want a guy who's had proven talent, who's got top five school behind his name. I'd take Marvin Harrison Jr. all day long, but that doesn't negate the fact that you've got to have a line that can block and be consistent. So it's it's just one of those questions that, you know, kind of yeah. people are asking and popping up. And I just uh, – it's it's right now I'm throwing – again, I hate to use the analogy of throwing a dart at a dartboard, but you can almost put all the positions up there. You're going to need secondary help. You're going to need – if you take uh, – if you pass on Preston Smith – you could need another outside linebacker. Van S is not the guy. You could need more defensive trench help, although I wouldn't go in that direction first. But there's just so much that it looks as if you need right now. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think I would uh, – I'd really seriously have to start looking at drafting some wide receivers and skill positions and just try to keep, continue to upgrade that and let the cream rise to the top. Uh, if you've got 10 draft choices there over the last three years – so be it. Let, keep the best six and move on. Because right now, it's just you, you. that's all we're talking about is guys don't have heart. Guys can't come back after the ball. Guys can't make catches. They can catch it if they're wide open, but that's about the extent of it. I mean, on and on and on. So, yeah. Well, the Packers, you compared them to the Vikings. What the Vikings have done two times now in the last, you know, five years or so, I guess three or four years, is they take Justin Jefferson or Jordan Addison in the first round, big school, very heralded, right? There's nothing sneaky about those picks. And they came in day one and basically were good. The Packers have right. said, no, we're not going to do that in the first round. We'll go second or third. And I actually think that Dobbs, between Dobbs, Watson, and Reed, like I think they have some good players here, Wicks even. It just takes time. When you don't get blue-chip prospects who played at a high level in college and instead you bring in guys that need to be molded, it takes a couple of years. We even saw that with Devontae Adams, who's now brilliant. Yeah. So that, that might be it might be a longer game with these guys on the field, which is frustrating because love needs the help right now, you know? Right. There's a reason that some guys are considered later round picks uh, out of smaller schools. And I don't mean to demean smaller schools because a guy like Randy Moss came from a smaller school. I mean, but you could tell that they had it from the beginning because of what they were doing back in college. Um, I, it, it, you've got to start taking some fully established players and stop looking at every player as this I'm smarter than the average bear project that I'm going to develop into this great, you know, great next. And that is part do part and parcel is the reason why I believe we are where we are today. Uh, Kyle writes, hey, Bill, I personally believe there's a couple of issues with their t this team. Ultimately, they were a few plays away from actually tying this game in the fourth quarter. They failed to score any points in the red zone. After Cousins goes out, uh, they got a fumble deep in Vikings territory, failed to get any points in the red zone again. Then they were down 14 points, correct? They could have had a shot with at least – to be within one score multiple times, uh, ultimately, I think LaFleur's red zone play calling is absolute garbage. Uh, it's been like this the last four years, even with Rodgers. No, they're so predictable, it's not funny. Uh, first down shotgun formation, pass, incomplete. Second down shotgun formation, run, that gets stuffed for a loss. Third down, oh, yeah, they won't uh, suspect a pass here, so they throw the ball again. Comes out with pressure. Uh, don't even get the ball thrown away. Take a sack. Not to mention the offensive line is practically five screen doors. Uh, you could always buy at Menards. Josh Meyer, that guy's been so bad, I'm not sure he could even block himself. 
He says, lastly, to make fullbacks great again, give your uh, 250 running back a lead blocker in short yarded situations. Give him a chance to get through the line of scrimmage. And no, not Josiah DeGuara, a true fullback, uh, one that actually knows how to play the position in college. I'm out. That's from uh, Kyle. Kyle, appreciate the email. Uh, Our buddy Steve says, happy crappy Monday with deplorable effort by the Green Bay Packers yesterday. I'll prepare poorly, our ill prepared, poorly coached team in every phase look terrible. Jordan Love is bad at best and continues to underthrow receivers, which is inexcusable. Josh Myers and most of the offensive line, horrible and pathetic, lack of concentration in all phases. It was totally unacceptable. How many third and longs did the defense give up yesterday? By the way, I think every third and long was converted. So that I agree with. Joe Barry's lack of attack on these downs is a horrible indicator, and I don't get the philosophy of playing aggressively on first and second only to give it up on third down. Uh, 12 to 20 yards long and then walk away with nothing. I've called for his head before, but he absolutely needs to go. Being a fan of the 70s and 80s was so bad of an experience. It feels like we have regressed back to that dark time, and now it feels like I'm a Bears fan all over again. Steve in Richfield. Steve, appreciate the email. Oh, wow. That's that's not good. And real quick before uh, we go to break here, Sad Sack says, uh, couldn't watch the Packer game. Watched the first quarter, decided not to waste the rest of my day and did work around the yard. As for the Badger game, the defense kept him in it. Uh, they gave him a lot of chances. Uh, Locke, I think he needs to uh, tone down throwing the ball at all times. Um, and uh, one thing that was really good about the weekend, the Badger men's hockey team sweeping the number one Golden Gophers and the volleyball team beating the Gophers as well. That's our buddy from Kevin, Kev, which we talked about. Kevin it was a great week in that sense. 100% agree. I Is it me, or did Locke seem like a better quarterback? He was slinging it. what we've seen. He looked, yeah, he, looked, what, he looked great. I love the confidence that guy has. See, there, you could just look at him, and there's like a swagger to him, and I like it. And nothing arrogant. It's not like that. It's not like a Caleb Williams being arrogant. I'm talking just he's just got a look. He doesn't look like a deer in the headlights. He looks confident. He looked like he had a command of the huddle. I mean, you look for some of the intangibles, and it just it looked good. Now, I still think they need some more help, and I'm sure the transfer portal is going to bring in a wide receiver or two that's going to be able to open some things up and maybe the offensive line. But uh, I, I thought, for the most part, it looked a lot better. And it seemed like guys had it. Now, it was a night game. Camp Randall was rocking. It was, you know, the number two, number three team in the country. I get all that. You have a reason to get up. But it looked like just overall it was better. And I give Luke Fickle and the Badgers all the credit in the world for the way they looked this past weekend. Braden Locke might be a better fit for an air raid style offense than Tanner Mordecai was on this right. team, at least. And I saw our right. friend Ben Kenny tweeting about that. Braden Locke can sling it. He'll drop back and throw yeah. the ball all over the field. And that's what they need. Yep. Well, no doubt. It, 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 it looked good. I, I got to admit, I was, uh, I was impressed. I was impressed. Um, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Jason says real quick. Uh, since week three, the Packers have been outscored in the first half seventy three to nine. He says seventy three to nine, and I quote Bill Michaels: "Can't do it anymore. Can't do it." Um, I I know it's it's embarrassingly bad, to say the very least. Embarrassingly bad. Uh, something good uh, at least over the weekend. If you're looking for some entertainment, they had some. I, I don't know what the band was, but on Friday night they were killing it. Now we were down at Stanny's at the uh, costume contest, but I saw the video and my buddy Ricky was showing me. They ended up going down to Nice Ash in uh, downtown Waukesha. They, I don't know what the band was, but they killed it on Friday night. Man, what a good band! 
They every now and then because they just mix and match entertainment. Sometimes it's a one person show. Sometimes it's a full blown seven eight piece band. I, it just depends. And they were killing it on Friday night. The Nice Ash Cigar Bar, three twenty three West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Great place. Live entertainment on the weekend. Great place to go and watch the games. Big walking humidor, hookahs, and they've got fine bourbons and whiskeys tonight. They have uh, the uh, Monday night game on the screen. They've got poker downstairs, all kinds of good stuff. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. Mike Clemens, next on the Bill Mike. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you got to see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. Although many players have gained fame and fortune, pro football is a team game. Cousins, looking end zone, throws, touchdown, T.J. Hawkinson. Vince Lombardi's passion for perfection made a small community in the Midwest a synonym for team excellence. Led by the purple front four, the Vikings defense grew a meat grinder and out came a tender land. Third down at eight. As Love airs it out, looking for Reed. It's oh. picked off. Josh Batellis with the interception. And Batellis is inside the 30. Still going. Well, you mentioned Reed just prior to the play. He was the antenna receiver. Metellus comes up with a second career pick on a return of 40 yards. That's where I need to continue to grow. It's just being that decisive player that's going to know where I need to go with the ball and, you know, put the ball in the right place. That was uh, obviously tough to watch. I'm a Welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the tale from yesterday. And uh, we bring in now our guy, Mike Clemens. And Mike, always brought to you by our friends 
At the Bay Motel in Green Bay, it is quiet, cozy, and comfortable, and it is just perfect for a family stay. If you just want to kind of get up there, get away, feel good, head over to the Bay Family Restaurant 24-7. They've got or, uh, 357 days a year, all year round, home cooking, seven days a week. Good stuff over there at uh, the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Military Avenue, as a matter of fact. Call them today for reservations, 920 920- 494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clements now joining us on the hotline. Mike, uh, you were in there yesterday, and some guys say they're only uh, you know a, a few plays away. Others say that this team is in disarray, unprepared, whatever adjective you want to use. Uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, I think you've got a couple of veterans in the locker room of the Packers' side that are saying, you know, give this time, but, you know, we, we need to stop making these mistakes. You know what was really weird for me yesterday was I was in two locker rooms, and you couldn't tell who won because right. of the right. Kirk Cousins situation. But, you know, let's the first half did not feel good, right? And it was it was still 10-3. to 3. I, that's, a, that's a game you could win. Now, the Vikings had won the toss, deferred, and so Green Bay had their opening drive, and I thought the Packers' offense looked like they had a whole new energy. They run a couple of plays, they come out flying around, and then Jordan Love, on a third and eight or something, he tries to hit Romeo Dobbs down the right sideline, and Romeo makes a circus catch right in front of Matt LaFleur. And, and it's, did he make that? Are his feet in? Incredible. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Deshaun Hockley Cruz flown a flag. And it's your left tackle, Rasheed Walker, who's just, you know, he's in his fifth or sixth game now filling in for Bakhtiari. Uh, illegal uh, receiver downfield. Like, we, oh, God. And it, this just go, And then later he gets replaced by uh, Schneiman, who got a face mask call. A, a lineman, an offensive lineman with a face mask call. It's just this kind of stupidity that goes on and on. Here's the other thing, though. Teams are scheming for Jordan Love. You got Brian Flores, you know, a tough defensive coordinator. Um, you know, had a shot there at being a head coach, and and you've got uh, his his defensive coach too, uh, a guy that was looking up. His name is um, Brian Flores, and this guy has been with the Vikings for a while now. Um, that has been um, scheming on Jordan Love, and they came up with a plan and told those guys, listen, Jordan Love loves the open field. And so let's give him the middle third, and when the ball's up in the air, then play for it. So I talked to that safety, uh, Josh Metalis, who's coached by Dante Jones and Flores, who said, you know, play off of it on, that, on these third downs, and there'll be a ball up there for you. And here's what, what Metalis told me. Yeah, uh, we knew uh, we, we we had a great great uh, preparation for that. Uh, I just remember Coach telling me that if he sees <laughs> middle field open defense, he's just going to launch it up. So you know, I just wanted to make sure that since I was behind him, I, I didn't get a PI call. So as soon as he turned his shoulders, I looked up for the ball, and it was right there, and it was just a, a fight for the ball, and I, I won that one. Uh, but yeah, that was I think that was a really good play. Everybody uh, keep hyping me up on that. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know what it looks like, but it felt cool. So you made the pick, and then you had that wide open field for a nice return. Yeah, I went back That's to my, 41 my, running, my running back days. I've been telling them that I'm good with the ball in my hand. That was my first opportunity to show it. 
But, uh, yeah, I went back to my running back days, tried to get as much yards as possible so uh, Kirk could go put it in the end zone. You know, Mike, uh, you and I, I was talking about this earlier in the program. You and I sat there, we were talking at one point, and there was a couple of plays in which receivers were wide open. And for whatever reason, Jordan Love didn't throw him the football, whether it's insecurity that they would even catch it, come up with it, or he just didn't, didn't make the decision in time and the window closed. But some of the things, you know, because I know there's a lot of people today defending Jordan Love. And, and I get it because there's enough blame to go around. There's en- enough problems, whether it's drops, offensive line, penalties, whatever. There's enough problems. But there was a couple of times yesterday it was what he didn't do. He didn't throw the football. He wasn't timely at times yesterday. That kind of cost him as well. There was. There was a couple of times, Bill, where it's like two, three. It's like, okay, throw, throw. And you're looking downfield. And I, I even poked you one time, right? I, yeah. I said 11 was wide open on that play, and, and he waited two more seconds and then threw. Uh, and so it's that, it's that indecision. But, you know, to, to talk to Metellus, that safety, it's like in his third or fourth year. You know, for safeties, the Vikings got this guy who's been playing now for three or four years, like a six-round pick, against Harrison Smith. And what do you got out there yesterday? Jonathan Owens with Rudy Ford? I mean, we've been talking about the safety situation for Green Bay forever. But then Jordan Love, he conceded after the game, uh, okay, yeah, part of the deal is I've got to be more decisive. That's where I need to continue to grow, continue to be better for the team. It's just being that decisive player that's going to, you know, go through my reads, know where I need to go with the ball and, you know, put the ball in the right place. But that's, I mean, it's right. You know, I'm not being uh, good enough, you know, some of those situations where I was holding the ball a little bit too much, you know, the sack, the strip, fumble, that's where it comes down to just decision-making, making decisive reads, and that's where i got to be better. Yeah, that uh, and the fact that they had a whole bunch of drops yesterday in that game, five, six, seven, something like that, and it, that's, that can't happen either. Can I tell you something else? We've gone from Jordan Love and that game he got to play against the Chiefs when uh, Rodgers had COVID to them coming out of the game and saying, hey, rip the ball, you can throw it, rip the ball. Then we kind of went more into a thing, into training camp, like, you know, just move the chain, just move the chains. And then last week or two, you know, Adam Stenovich, after a couple losses, like, we think there's still opportunities downfield. Rip the ball, rip the ball. So, I mean, it, it, it seems to be going back and forth. And at the same time now, Love has said, you know, thrown some picks. And, you know, I'm sure Tom Clement says, well, you can't throw a pick. You can't throw a pick. That's not helping. LaFleur also said, by, now they'll, they'll have a better count today after watching the film this morning. But he says that he counted at least six drop passes by Love's receivers, he you know he could have a little help. Uh, and also talked about how much the defense failed on third down against Kirk Cousins. I know that we had a critical drop, you know, going in with an opportunity to cut, cut it to a one possession game. You know, we, if we get down there in the one yard line, we try to run it in, and that wasn't working. Obviously, yeah, we got to go back to the drawing board. I got to take a look at the tape and try to find out some better answers for our guys because whatever we're doing is not working. When we need a stop or whatever, we weren't able to do that. Although I do think that our defense did provide and, and special teams did provide some opportunity for us when it was 24 10 to have an opportunity to come back in that game. Game, which you got to capitalize on those ops, and we have not been able to do that. Mike, I, I sat there yesterday and I looked at a team that I said could be, and we started talking about adjectives. It could be disarray, it could be unprepared, it could be just not capable of understanding. Uh, it seems like you could point your finger at about anything and just say there's a problem. 
and it's not all Jordan Love, admittedly. And that guy needs some help. Right now, I mean, it's just like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Just every time they come up with a good play, there's a penalty. Every time that, you know, they have a, a really good throw, there's a drop. And then when he does need to make a play with a guy that's open, he throws it into the ground or throws it short and it gets picked off or tipped away or whatever. It's just like it just everything is dysfunctional right now. I don't know what LeFleur is going to do. I don't know what he can do because, you know, I think the big plan is let's get these kids out there. And I mean, we're, we're in like, it feels like preseason, doesn't it? It's terrible, yeah. It really does. It's like, it's like not, we should be sitting here talking about guys that may or may not even make the team. Yeah, it's like we're not even worried about scores. We're just worried about evaluations and growth. You know, that, that's the part. That's, the, that's, what, that's just what it feels like, Bill, between practice and and these last three or four games, like, what do you guys? You don't play like you're winning. You're playing like you're trying to, you know, keep your job. And and you know, it's six or seven penalties. You know, we're still in the in the second quarter. That's not a Packers team. That's not a Lafleur team. You ended up with eleven penalties for ninety nine yards yesterday, and most of the penalties were absolute drive killers for the Packers when they had the ball. And Lafleur says, you know. He, he could also use some help and not always be faced with third and long. I've said this every week in terms of there's going to play, be a couple plays that you want back, but also, like, we got to make some plays for him, too. I think we had, like, six drop balls. That's going to be tough to overcome. we got to catch it. we got to throw it better. we got to catch it better. we got to block better. we got to stop having penalties that knock us back and put us in these obvious pass situations. we got to find a way to convert a third down early in the game so you can run your offense. I mean, we're running two-minute offense for half the game. What you work on all week and what you plan for, you can't even get into your, your normal rhythm because you're not moving the chains. That's what's disappointing. You put all this time and effort into something, you come up with a plan, and you don't even give yourself a chance to go execute it. He's right. I mean, I, I'm even starting to feel a little bit for Matt LaFleur, although I shouldn't, because I remember – there was a game that Mike McCarthy had against Chicago, Mike, and I think they had 16 penalties for like 130-something yards. They lost the game basically because of penalties. And Mike McCarthy came back with this scathing rant, and it wasn't about like the media for asking questions. It was about his team for the lack of preparation, the lack of concentration, and holding guys accountable. That's starting to ring really loud in my head right now as to what is, what is going on behind closed doors that guys cannot concentrate on the ability for pre-snap penalties or just dumb penalties in general, that you're not in the right place at the right time, that you have to commit a penalty, that this thing has become so prevalent? So far, the head coach is basically protecting the quarterback with his words. Um, he's Only rarely do they seem to go after these guys. I guess he's still got some empathy for the fact that these guys are playing. Most of these guys are playing their fifth or sixth game, at least in Green Bay. The time of possession was just stupid in this game. Was, the Vikings had it for like 18 minutes uh, to like 11 minutes for Green Bay in just, in just the first half. But at least Preston Smith came up with a big third down stop uh, late in the game, and then, then Kenny Clark with a sack, and then right after that, Cousins you know, suffers the torn Achilles. But Preston Smith, who has not been talking to us much, he stood up there yesterday, and we talked to him uh, at length. It was it was. Pretty solid. I think this is probably the most honest and accurate statement I've heard from this locker room when I asked them, is this young team using youth as an excuse for mistakes and now losing four games in a row? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not an enabler, so I don't believe in, you know, the age thing. We all been playing football for a long time, besides one guy, and that's probably Kenneth Odomegu, who, you know, just started playing football this year. So other than him, I, I just feel like, you know, youth is an excuse, and I feel like we just got to go out there and execute. A lot of guys with a lot of ability, they got to, you know, you got to take the preparations a lot more serious going forward, and guys got to prepare like we're preparing to win, like we're preparing to make big plays, like, that we're, we're preparing to make deep plays that's going to help our team win. And I just think that's what's important going forward. You're too pressing in the first half. What you mean by that? Because of the slow starts. I wonder if they're pressing and then they add in the second half, they're just like, okay, unload. I just think there's a lot of things we need to fix in the first half, um, st- starting with the sense of urgency. Um, we play so well coming back, you know, and I think we just need to start off the game like we're down. And, and with that urgency that like we're down 21 and we need to get three touchdowns, I think that's the urgency we need to have because um, – you know, that seems to be what you know, when you see us play our best ball. And I think we know, we got to stop putting ourselves in those situations where we're down and we have to fight so hard to get back. I think we need to just play with that mentality that we're down in the beginning and, and come out with that sense of urgency. And, and that way we fight to stay on top instead of fight to come back. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back a lot more with Mike Clemens as we uh, continue to talk about yesterday and now moving forward as well. What are you just kind of hoping for at this point? More regarding the Green Bay Packers and such. Coming up next in the Bill Mike. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Penalties, drops. We have opportunities to make plays, you know, on the defensive side, and, and some we make and some we don't. Certainly the third down was a problem today. You know, I do see a group of men that continues to fight. So, you know, if there's anything to hang your hat on, and that we have to continue to fight and scratch and claw and try to find ways to improve. Looking for a place to go tonight to watch the Monday night game or maybe game three of the World Series. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. That's a place to go. Always great food. They're always doing something on the weekends when it comes to charity stuff. But uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill in Pewaukee Lake. And it's just a great place. Looks like a giant log cabin when you walk in the door. And good staff. Ryan and his staff over there are just fantastic. Joining us on the hotline, our guy Mike Clemens standing by. And, Mike, uh, you know, it's – you know, we can talk about, you know, the young team and how they continue to fight, and that's great. But at this point in time, I don't think any of us are looking for moral victories at this point. You know what I mean? No, but we're looking for progress. And right. instead, we, we, we see regression from this young Packers team. I went over after, you know, talking to some of the Packers to the Vikings locker room, and I give credit to the Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell. He starts out 0-3, the embarrassment of the division, Lots of fumbles, like nine fumbles and all that. To now, here he is with a three-game winning streak. He's 4-4, four and four, and his quarterback is like one of the hottest in the league, Kirk Cousins. I did not realize at 35 years old, Kirk Cousins has never missed a start due to injury, just to COVID that one time. His contract is up in March. And, you know, in that he was in that quarterback show produced by Peyton Manning uh, mm-hmm. earlier this year. And I, a lot of people saw a side of Kirk Cousins. They, they didn't realize you know, how courageous this guy is. And I give Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, credit to not come out there and say, well, it's an ankle. We're going to take a look at it. He was asked, what happened to Cousins? We are fearing an Achilles injury. Um, the severity of that, I do not know at this point. Um, but I know that's what you know, our fear is in the moment. And we'll confirm uh, that uh, as soon as possible. 
I'm thinking of Kirk, uh, our locker room, every single player in our locker room. Um, you know, thinking about our leader, our guy right now, and uh, I'm just so proud of him. Proud of the way he's played all season long, and and uh, you know, it's you know whatever is the case if if we don't have him for uh, one snap or or uh, for the duration of our season, that will not change uh, the fact of what I believe Kirk Cousins, the level he played to this year, and ultimately what he's meant to me uh, and our organization. You know, uh, Mike, uh, it's funny because I was talking to Paul Georgian last night doing the postgame show, and Paul said it was, you know, glad they were able to win in Green Bay, and it's not something in recent history they've been able to do continuously, but he said it was just like this. They were just shell-shocked, like just they're, they're watching their season, which they thought maybe they could salvage something, that suddenly it's just kind of going by the wayside with the announcement that Kirk Cousins indeed, you know, busted up the Achilles. I know that that was the weird thing, Bill. I I couldn't tell between and look in the post game locker rooms. I'm not sure which was the the winning team. And we asked O'Connell what was the mood in his locker room. Even though you guys won the game, but you lost your quarterback. I think you can feel it. You guys can feel it throughout our whole locker room. Uh, they know. Uh, our guys know. Um, and and I didn't really want it to be something where we just don't talk about it. Um, so you know, acknowledge gave all the defensive guys game balls. I thought K.J. Osborne, one yard away from a 100-yard performance, he was huge. Jordan All, big time uh, today. Uh, but the last game ball was for Kirk. Yeah, the last game ball was for Kirk. Uh, albeit, you know, you got to admit that getting a win at Lambeau Field for uh, a Vikings team that has not been able to do it on the consistent, you know, is, is always nice to get a win there. T.J. Hawkinson is the guy they picked up in that trade with the Lions, their big tight end. You know, you saw one touchdown where he catches it in the back of the end zone. And then right after that, you see Rasul Douglas look at, um, uh, you know, one of the safeties back there at uh, Owens, at Jonathan Owens, who's – did you know that Simone Biles was at the game yesterday? I did. I did see that, I yeah. I found that later, yeah. And Rasul's looking at Owens, you know, his back filling in at safety while Savage is on IR. And it's like, you know, get him to look like, dude, you're supposed to take the tight end over the middle here. And I went to Hawkinson and, and asked him, you know, he, he said, listen, I know how tough it is to win a Lambeau field. Playing in Green Bay, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a great place to play, and obviously, you know, it's it's hard to come out of a win, come out with a win here. Um, it, it just always has been, and so to be able to get it done today is huge. Uh, we're just super excited. Is this bittersweet because of Kurt? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what, what's going on. I, you know, I don't really know full details, but obviously, um, just love the guy, so I'm just hoping for the best. The amazing thing is, Mike, that they've been able to win and uh, look decent without Justin Jefferson, trading away or getting rid of Dalvin Cook, cutting him loose at the beginning of the season. Adam Thielen is gone. I mean, right. you know, and they just, they've been able to just replace guys and, and keep on moving. And it's just amazing when you have a quarterback. And Kirk Cousins, uh, we've been talking about it for years. He's been putting up good numbers. It's just in, in key moments there's been some picks and it's ultimately cost him, but there's the, he's played extremely well, and, and that's got to be deflating over there for that team. And for Ziggy Wolf, the team owner, again, I yeah. you know I get on the I get on the uh, on the elevators j- j- just at the right moment as the games are ending to get down to the first into the locker room, and there he is with his group, and the doors closed. The guy just beat the Packers, and he's just you know the the wind was knocked out of him because they know what's going on. Right. And you know all these quarterbacks that went down yesterday, Matthew Stafford for the Rams. 
with, uh, I think he's got a thumb, uh, Taylor from the Giants. He had to be taken to the hospital to have his ribs looked at. Um, you know, Pickett, got four quarterbacks going down yesterday, including Kirk Cousins. And I, I don't know where these guys are going to find, you know, someone to replace them. They had the, the rookie come in there for BYU yesterday. But uh, I talked to Dalton Reisner. This is a guy that they picked up in a trade with the Rams who played left guard. He said when he saw Kurt to just, you know, wish him well, the first thing that Kurt said, did we win? Did we win? And I talked to this uh, left guard, Reisner. I don't know. I've known the guy for five weeks, but that's a pretty special human being for a really selfless human being and someone that uh, I would strive to be like for sure. So um, I'll be praying for that dude for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then when you start to talk about the Packers side of things still, I mean, uh, you've got the Vikings grieving on one side for losing their quarterback. The Packers are still trying to find themselves on the other and trying to figure out what they're going to do next, so to speak. And and you and I talked about this as well. I asked you, I was talking about Aaron Jones. I'm like, what are they doing? I, you know, either he can play or he can't. And Dylan's getting as many snaps, if not more, than him and carries. And, you know, he's one of their best playmakers, and they seem to have gone away from him. I thought he'd be the guy to take some pressure off of Jordan Love to make all these plays. Yeah, but he hasn't been available. He has that hamstring tweak that he called it, running in for a touchdown, and it's bothered him all season now. And he's, he's going to be 29 years old. In December, I mean, the Aaron Jones era has gone by that fast, Bill. So for a guy like Aaron Jones to go through another four-game losing streak, you know, I had a friend that I was talking to today, and she's she's pretty up on the Packers. and goes to game. She goes, "Is this like the worst Packers team since the '80s?" I mean, all they're they're losing all these games, and I had to remind her they lost five in a row with Rodgers last year. Right. Brian Gutekind said they lost seven of eight. He told that to the shareholders. And and we've had, uh, you know, McCarthy went six and ten and got fired, or, or that year. So you know this has happened more recent than you'd think, but that's just what having Rodgers on the field made everybody think like, oh, we'll be back next year. Uh, and you talk to Aaron Jones and he's like, is this going to be my last year too in Green Bay, being on this kind of a team? And he talked about that pass early to Dobbs, called back on a stupid penalty like you know. Uh, illegal receiver downfield, ineligible receiver downfield, and I talked to Aaron Jones about that. Uh, we're just talking to each other like, hey, now we gotta we gotta pick this up. Like we know what we just did to ourselves. Now we gotta pick it up. And in the huddle, hey, we can't. It's being echoed. We can't do this. We can't put ourselves in in third and long. We we but we know that that's the thing. We echo it every week, and then it happens in the game, and we it's echoed in the huddle. Um, so I feel like pl- players are being held accountable, but it's just, I guess, a little bit more focus has to. For some reason, today's penalties felt like they were absolute drive killers. It just oh, definitely it ruined, you know, if you, you, get, you put up 20, 30 yards and there's one another one of these third down penalties. Uh, definitely. And, uh, you know, we went one, I think one drive, we went from first and five to first and 15. And I feel like that completely changes your play calling, your, the drive right there in itself. Um, you go from at an advantage to a disadvantage. So um, when we get those, we got to be we got to be better in those situations. If they're going to give us something, then we got to take it because a lot of times in this game, nothing's given to you. So when it is given to you, you got to go. And the other thing, Mike, playmakers aren't making plays on the offensive side. You're not seeing anything big dynamic out of Christian Watson defensively. Jair's talked a lot, but he's kind of plays one good game, one bad game. Uh, you know, it's it's the playmakers aren't stepping up either. No, when we're at practice, 
the guy first in line for the wide receivers is Christian Watson. Uh, yesterday he got targeted eight times, only with three catches. The leading receiver for the Green Bay Packers yesterday was A.J. Dillon. But Christian Watson still says, was asked about where are you at in a four-game losing streak. I mean, I, I just want to find a way to win. Um, you know, I've never been okay with losing uh, at anything uh, in my life. I'm a, I'm a competitor. I want to compete. I want to win. Um, and I'm, obviously, I'm sure it's like that for, for a lot of guys in this room. And, and you just got to find a way to, to do it. Yeah, and like I said, playmakers need to make plays. And I, somebody needs to step up and do something, right? Yeah, we found out that you're one of the most expensive defensive backs in the NFL, Jair Alexander. The reason he's missed like the last four games or so with his back injury is because during a practice, Alex Magoo, the backup quarterback, was playing a tight end, and he had a midair collision with Jair, and that's why your expensive corner has had back problems for last month. But he's still trying to keep it light because he's asked, how does it feel after losing 24-10 to at home to the Vikings? Like, like what my family? Yeah, what do you think? Man, uh, I'm just ready to get up out of here, get up out of here so I can digest everything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and he doesn't want to say the wrong thing, which you can tell there's a level of frustration there, without a doubt. We're going to wrap things up with Mike Clemens and the Bill Michael Show. That's coming up next. Hang in there. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restricting supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 and give yourself an opportunity to win games and you know it's disappointing especially being back in Lambeau to not be able to find a way to win to say the very least uh, back at Lambeau after uh, so long almost a month and to put that performance specifically in the first half on the field man that is uh, uh, to listen to the fans they were not happy Uh, they got they booed numerous times as a matter of fact and uh, Mike Clements here joining us uh, on the hotline before we get out of here today Mike um now I guess you know it's it's back to the drawing board, but you got guys that are banged up, and you know you're just hoping that Matt Lafleur doesn't lose his team and guys don't start to quit. You're looking for Jordan Love to find his go-to guy, and he doesn't have right. one yet. And Luke Musgrave, with the big tight end, we thought was going to be that guy. Give Luke credit that he had a bad ankle all last week, mispracticed, but still got in the field, and he talked about the loss after the game. 
Oh, we gotta, we gotta um, start fast, and I, I'm looking at myself for that. Uh, I need to make that third down catch. Um, I need to be more consistent with my routes. Um, I think we all need to look at each uh, ourselves, be honest with ourselves. I know I'm going to uh, digest this film and and uh, and be honest with myself on what I need to work on. Uh, Mike, I, I guess uh, you've got other guys. Like, you know, we were talking about who your playmakers are. Who, who do you have to hang your hat on? You look at a guy like Rashawn Gary and Aaron Jones. Those are like your two guys right now. And we're not still – you, you want to see those guys make more plays and become more a part of everything. But even then, I don't know if it's going to be enough, you know? Yeah, you're waiting for Lucas Van Ness to break through. But, yeah, the most improved player in the, this season is Rashawn Gary coming back from that torn ACL a year ago. And he just got a contract extension today. They're going to have a press conference. And Rashawn talked about what's missing. It's not hard, man, when you come to when you come in an organization like this and you have guys that's going to work Monday to Sunday and want the same outcome. So it's not like everybody's down, moving around. We're hungry. And like I said, we're excited for the next opportunity. So as long as we have that energy and as long as everybody's pushing to be better and get better and hold ourselves to that standard, look each other in the mirror, understand what we need to do right and what we need to fix that was wrong, we'll be fine. So it's kind of ugly right now, and I think next week against the Rams, all we're hoping for is just give me improvement, which is you talk about lowering the bar. Holy mackerel. We're just hoping, hoping to see something better. I know, and then I think Jordan Love, he just he needs one guy to help him out as his go-to guy, a ball carrier, somebody to you know get into the end zone. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, Mike. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again throughout the week, pal, okay? Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you. There you go. That's our guy, Mike Clemens, joining us for uh, the last three segments and wrapping things up here today. And good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, good coverage, we'll say. (laughs) I don't think at this point we can say good stuff about anything regarding the Green Bay Packers. All right. We got through today. We got through today. We got Monday Night Football tonight. You got Game 3 of the World Series tonight. We got more, you know, more coming up. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. But uh, you're going to hear more with Grant Bills on his network as well on his show this evening. We're all going to live. Hey, it's sunny today. That's a good thing, right? (laughs) Talk about setting the bar kind of low. All right, time for us to go. Until we talk again, 20 hours from now. Don't forget, we're coming to Marshfield on Wednesday night. Nuts Deep 2, the Bill Michaels Huddle. We'll see you there. Till then.